I want to preach on something very familiar to us tonight and a message that I dearly love, uh, talking about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, uh, the blood of the Lamb. Had it not been for the blood of the Lamb, we couldn't have got saved tonight. Had Jesus not shed His blood at Calvary, men, you could not have got saved. But let's look in 1 Peter chapter 1 and begin to read in verse 15. And the Bible said, But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who vowed it was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who can be seen. Heavenly Father, we come to you. Uh, we ask you to help our mind tonight. I pray that you would guard it. Uh, let it be focused tonight. And that upon this message. And that upon what you've done for us at Calvary. Lord, I pray you'd hinder Satan. I pray that you would just uh, keep him far, far away from this meeting. And Lord, I certainly do need an unction from the Holy One tonight. Need some help. God, we ask and pray to face somebody here lost. I pray that you would save them. I pray while we preach this tonight that Holy Spirit conviction would fall on their heart and show them that they're lost. I ask tonight that those that are saved that we might rejoice in this message tonight and to be reminded of what you've done for us so that we could be saved. Thank you for the shed blood and that of Calvary tonight. We cannot do anything without you. And I pray that you'd come by and meet with us. Save that sinner's nearest tale for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we look in the book of 1 Peter, uh, as he talks about being holy, uh, he said, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And so uh, we understand that. You all know the Bible uh, word there for conversation is your department or how you carry yourself uh, in this life. And he says, so since God's holy uh, and we're his people, then we should be holy. We should be holy uh, in how we act. We should be holy in our speech. Uh, we should be holy in our, uh, in our everyday living. Uh, uh, we should be holy. And he even gives a reason in verse 16. Uh, uh, because it is written, Be ye holy, uh, for I am holy. But when he comes down to verses 18 and 19, uh, uh, he begins to talk about uh, uh, how and why uh, we are redeemed. Uh, we're redeemed tonight and not with corruptible things of this world. We're not redeemed by silver and gold. I will not redeem by anything else except that by the blood. As a matter of fact, the Bible said the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And then he said this, as of a lamb without blemish 
I am without spot tonight. Uh, can I tell you as I get further on in this message tonight, uh, I, I'm glad that He was the spotless uh, and the perfect Lamb of God tonight uh, uh, that come and gave Himself uh, so that me and you could get saved. Uh, take your Bible and go to the book of Exodus chapter 1. Uh, uh, Exodus chapter 1. And we're going to find the story uh, uh, of the children of Israel coming up uh, uh, out of the land of Egypt. Now the one thing you have to understand uh, uh, about the children of Israel is they're in bondage. Exodus chapter 1 uh, uh, and look with me in verse 7. And the Bible says that the children of Israel were fruitful uh, and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty uh, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose uh, uh, up a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. What was important about that? Joseph was the one that had saved Egypt back during the time of famine. Uh, and in verse 9 it said, He said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on and let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, uh, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted him, the more they multiplied and grew. Can I ask you something this morning? Do you reckon the church is in the shape that it's in uh, because we have lacked persecution and affliction? Think about that for a second. In, in the early church, in the old days, uh, when, the, when the church was under persecution, the more they persecuted it, the more it grew. The more they persecuted it, the more they got out. Uh, it was when that we got freedom and liberty, so if I could say that, uh, that, that we were not under persecution, that things had died down. But notice right here that it said that what? Uh, the more they done that, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were great because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter and hot with hard bondage in the mortar and in the brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Uh, looking at the blood of the Lamb tonight, I want you to understand something. Uh, uh, that for somebody to get saved, uh, uh, it takes faith uh, in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Romans chapter 3 said, Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through His blood, faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Can I say tonight that when we were lost, we needed the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we were in bondage, just like the children of Israel. Uh, uh, they're down in the land of Egypt. Uh, uh, Pharaoh has put them in bondage uh, uh, and has them. Uh, listen, when I was lost uh, and undone without Christ, uh, uh, I was in bondage. Uh, uh, you can say, well, I had a free will to do what I wanted to do. Uh, uh, I could go where I wanted to. Uh, no, sir, no, ma'am, you couldn't. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 said, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure 
will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth uh, and that they may recover themselves as the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. I know we've said this over the years that man's got a free will, but he really don't. A man don't have a free will. He's lost. Uh, uh, listen, the devil uh, has got him. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I, I, boy, he didn't get saved until 2014. I, I, boy, I heard him say the other day, he said, I still remember the taste of that dirt I, I, in that carpet when I got saved. Amen. I mean, he was on his face, uh, uh, bowed out to the Lord, wanting to get saved. What uh, uh, I mean, he was a meth addict uh, and a meth maker. Uh, and he said, you know, uh, and this is what he said the other day. People say they got a free will. He said, I didn't. When I was lost, I, I was doing what the devil wanted me to do. I thought, boy, what a way to put it. Amen. But we don't. I know we got a free will to choose God and a free will to get saved by Him that we can come to Him at any time. But I want you to understand how lost people, we've been saved for so long and been set at liberty and been made free by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that me and you forget what it's like to be in bondage and that to sin. We wonder why people won't do right. We wonder, we expect lost people to act saved sometimes. They're under bondage, friend. Lost people are doing what lost people do. And that's being a sinner tonight. And so we find the children of Israel, uh, uh, they're in bondage. Uh, uh, ain't you glad tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ come? What did He say in John chapter 8? Uh, if the Son therefore shall make you free, uh, you shall be free indeed. I remember Brother Jim White preaching one time uh, and he made this statement. Uh, uh, he said, I would rather sit in a grass hood uh, and eat with wooden forks and a wooden bowl uh, uh, than to have the most palatial mansion that there ever was uh, and have chains about me. Uh, I tell you, the world, uh, they think they've got everything tonight uh, uh, and they think that they're going to have the whole world uh, and they're going to die and go to hell uh, never having trusted Jesus in their bondage tonight. But boy, I'm glad tonight. Some of you need to think back to where you were when Jesus saved you. You need to think back to where you was and what God brought you out of. Boy, some of you need to thank Him tonight for what He kept you out of. Amen. Now, uh, listen, this, what, this whole world tonight uh, uh, is in bondage to Satan uh, and in bondage to sin and in bondage to religion. Uh, hello? There's a lot of folk in bondage to religion. Religion will make you serve with rigor, but not with joy. I'm glad tonight that saved people, that Christians can serve with joy in their heart tonight. It should not be with rigor that we serve the Lord. I, I, it should not be with that hardness. If I, if I could say that tonight, I, I, that rigor, you know, I, it means that uh, stiffness or uh, it means a severity to life or a strictness. Religion will have you uh, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Well, there's liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. I still believe in living right. I believe in holy living just like 1 Peter talks about over there. Uh, for he, he that hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Uh, I believe we ought to be holy tonight and righteous. Uh, I believe we ought to be separated from this world. But I have liberty in Him. Why? I have been made free uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm glad Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to find us and to make us free. To get us out of bondage. To get us out of bondage of sin. To get us out of the bondage of the world. To get us out of the bondage of uh, religion. I, I feel sorry for people. It's one thing to be lost in this world. I, 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 some of them realize what, uh, what they're going to meet on the other side. And they ought to get saved. But there's folks sitting in church tonight uh, uh, that think they're okay when they're not. All they've done is made a profession or got baptized or somebody's told them they got saved uh, uh, but they never come to the saving knowledge uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. I had a buddy of mine, there was a fellow just like that the other day. He, on, he's going to church, going to a Baptist church, but he honestly believes that his good works is what's going to get him. People have a lot of ways of getting to heaven, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're going to get out of bondage tonight, if you're lost, I'd say everybody in here saved, if you're lost, you're going to have to come through Jesus Christ. But I want you to look in the book of Exodus. They were serving with hard bondage. And he said they were made to serve with rigor. And so you come on over to chapter 2 and in verse 23... And the Bible said and it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. Ain't you glad one day that you find yourself just in a place and you sighed unto the Lord and just come and just wanted to get out of it. Amen. I mean, just wanting to get out of the state you were in uh, uh, and realize that it was God that was going to help you uh, uh, and God could fix you because God could save you uh, uh, because of Jesus Christ. Uh, hey, listen, he is said, and God heard their groaning uh, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and Jacob. Do you realize why God saved you tonight? Uh, not because of a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but because of the covenant that was made uh, uh, with the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ uh, and what He done at Calvary. Hey, I'm glad tonight I'm saved uh, uh, because of Him tonight. Amen. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them before they sighed because of the reason of their bondage. You know, it's one thing to know your bondage, but it's another not to know it and, and not realize it and think everything is alright. But they come to a place where they realize that they were in bondage and they wanted out. They wanted out. And boy, they done what they needed to do. They called unto God. And if you start in chapter 3 of the book of Exodus, you'll find that God called Moses. I know Moses is a type of the law, but God sent uh, Moses in that to deliver the children of Israel up out of the land of we all know the story. If you spend any time in Sunday school or read your Bible, uh, we understand that God sent all, sent Moses down there to deliver the children of Israel, sent all them plagues to uh, prove who he was. And uh, we go through all them and we get to Exodus chapter 12. And so you take your Bible and you go to Exodus chapter 12. And the Bible said in verse 1 And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Can I, can I park here for just a second? And I've never seen this. 
Out of all the times I've read this scripture, believe not, over the years that I've preached this message, some of y'all might have this remembered. I don't know. I don't know how many times I've preached it here. My wife might be able to tell me. She's pretty good at that. Preached it in revival and so on and so forth. But notice what he said. This should be a new year. What's about to happen? What's about to happen? They're about to get out of bondage. And he says, when you get ready to go, he said, this is going to be a new month. Notice what he said. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. God said, we're going to stop on the calendar and we're going to make this the first month. Everything's going to be new right here. Everything's going to be at the beginning right here. You realize when you got saved and got out of bondage, God wiped the slate clean. And He says, we're going to start it all over right here. This is what's going to happen. Well, aren't you glad you got to start all over with the Lord when you got saved? Now there's some things I understand. I get it that uh, listen that the old life creeps in uh, and some of the things that we've done and maybe you've done how uh, uh, you got to deal with. But I'm glad with the Lord He just starts it all over. So read on with me. He said, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, not too big, the lambs are never too little. He said if the house be too little. The lamb's never too little. It's a great big lamb. Y'all will get that. Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count uh, for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year and ye shall take it out uh, from the sheep or from the goats and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Notice what he said. What kind of lamb? First of all, he said that it's going to be a lamb Without blemish. It's a blameless lamb. It's a perfect lamb. He said, you look that thing over. He said, you put it up from the 10th day to the 14th day. And you look over it. And you make sure that it's okay. He said, you make sure that there's nothing wrong with it. And that's what you're going to offer. And that unto me. Hey, can I tell you that when Jesus showed up on the scene, that they tried Him every way that they could. Them Pharisees and Sadducees for three and a half years, they tried Him in His ministry. Satan tried Him in Matthew chapter 4. Pilate tried Him over there at His, at his judgment seat. He brings Him out. And He said, I, I, he said Behold, I, I bring Him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in Him. Nobody could find anything wrong with Him. At that shame of the trial that they had over there at the high priest's palace, uh, uh, you know what? They, they were bringing in uh, uh, false witnesses against Him. Why? They couldn't find anything wrong with Him. I don't mean you to get this tonight. If you don't get anything else, you get this. Jesus is perfect. Amen. He should not have died for me and you. I sat and I thought about this. This little old lamb they put up. It hadn't done anything wrong. 
Not a thing. This old lamb, they've got up from the 10th to the 14th day uh, and they're watching it and they're looking at it uh, uh, and they're making sure that everything's just so. And God's making a way for them to come out of bondage. And on that 14th day, that spotless lamb, that blameless lamb uh, uh, that was without spot and without blemish, uh, uh, you know what they did? Uh, uh, The Bible said that they should kill it uh, uh, in the evening. That little old lamb didn't do nothing to die for. And I tell you, Jesus didn't do anything to die for. Except for me and you. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5, For He hath made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. For He hath made Him to be sin for us. Done it at Calvary. Done it at Calvary. Hebrews chapter 4 said, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. First Peter 2 said, Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. Listen, he was the sinless, the blameless, the without blemish Son of God who shed his blood for us. He was perfect. It's hard to believe that he would come and die for us. Always, when I read this story, I always think about that little lamb who had not done anything wrong but was going to die. And boy, when you look at it in that light, you think about the Lord Jesus Christ who left heaven. Amen. Who left heaven and come down here uh, and had done nothing wrong except come and serve people uh, uh, and heal people and save people uh, uh, and, and the whole time that he knew why he was coming. And that was to die for us. How do you know that he knew that? Well, verse 20, I read it to you in the text verse, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. From the very before, before the world was ever spoken into existence, Jesus knew He was coming here. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. I want you to look at what else it said in verse 8. After they kill it, notice it said, And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast, it with, fi- roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, and they shall eat it. Eat, 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 eat it. Not, eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire uh, his head and his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. So there was judgment. It was burnt, wasn't it? And just about any time you find in the Bible talking about fire, there's judgment. And it was at Calvary that Jesus took our judgment. We find that after He says in verse 6 to kill it, in verse 7 He said, And they shall take the blood and strike it on the uh, two doorposts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. You come over to verse 21, And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. 
And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of, at the door of his house until the morning. You find that he was blameless. And you find that he took our judgment at the burning. But then you find that basin of blood. I remember listening to a preacher preach on this passage of Scripture one time years, years ago, long before I come here. And I remember him saying, you, you could have took a, 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 and knocked that lamb in the head and thrown it over the bushes. But he wouldn't have done no good. Now, there was the vicarious death of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means substitutionary that, uh, for us. And I know He had to die and He had to give His body uh, for us. I understand that. But friend, it was the shedding of His blood. The Bible said in Hebrews 9 that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. From the very beginning of time, God has shed blood for man's sin. You go over and you look in Genesis 3 uh, that He made them coats of skin uh, uh, to cover Adam and Eve. Where do you reckon that He got them at? Something had to die. I don't know that it was a lamb, but I dare say that it was. And so there had some, from the very beginning of time, uh, uh, listen, he, he, he has, uh, there has been bloodshed so that me and you could be saved. So what did they do? They drew that lamb out and they killed the Passover. Do you, do you reckon it was an accident that Jesus was killed at Passover time? I mean, do you, you remember they, they were eating the Passover, you remember? The Passover meal. And, and then he goes out and they go to the garden and that's where they got him at. That's where they took him to Caiaphas Palace and, and there they tried. It was during the time of Passover that Jesus shed his blood. Do you, do you know what the word shed literally means? It means to pour out. It means to pour out. And so that it was that uh, from the Garden of Gethsemane uh, to the hall called Praetorium uh, 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 all the way in that to Calvary, Jesus shed His blood. The Bible said that His visage was marred more than any man. The book of Psalms said that His bones stared at Him. Uh, uh, I mean, he, he was nothing uh, but a bloody mess at Calvary. Can you imagine what he looked like? After they had cut his beard out, put that crown of thorns on him, and, and beat it down on top of him. After they had put him on the cross and, uh, and, and drove those spikes through his hands uh, and through his feet. Can you imagine what he looked like? And he was the blameless lamb. Even in the book of the Revelation, I thought about this while I was studying. In Revelation chapter 5, he talks about one holding that book and there was nobody to open that book. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, to loose the seven seals thereof. 
One of the elders said, He is the lion, L-I-O-N, of the tribe of Judah. Verse 6, And I beheld lo in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. That's what John said he saw. He saw a lamb that was slain. I believe when we get to heaven, I don't know at what part, I don't know at what point, I really don't know because if you remember when he come back here, uh, he he told he told Thomas to put his put his hands in his, and then he said, "Trust your hand into my side." He's still there, and that to Mars and that of Calvary because of our sin. But here since that basin of blood, here sets that basin of blood. They've caught the blood. They, they have killed the lamb that was blameless. They have killed the lamb that was spotless. They had no reason to die. It had done nothing wrong. But here he was. And so they took that lamb and they killed it. And they caught that blood in a basin. You know what they done with that blood? They they just didn't let it sit there. You, you know what it said right here in the book of Exodus? After they killed it, he said, And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts of the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in uh, under your houses to smite you. So there had to be an application of the blood. You see, the blood with that bunch of hyssop had to be applied uh, uh, and back to the doorpost and to the lintel uh, uh, and that's what kept them safe. Unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. You know what keeps us safe in the Lord uh, tonight? His blood. The application of His blood to our life. You say, I didn't do any of that when I got saved. That's right. You didn't have anything to do with the application of the blood to your life. You did not. You got saved, you come in my faith, you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you ask Him to save you. That's what you done. You got saved somewhere in all that. That's what you had to do. I'm glad tonight. You know, a lot of people worry about what they said or what they didn't say. Or how they said it, or what they meant when they said it. I'm telling you, the devil will monkey with you so much sometimes, he'll have you messed up if you ain't careful. But I believe if a man, woman, boy, or girl comes in faith and from their heart cries out and wants to get saved, he'll save them. I just believe Because I believe that's what the Bible tells us. But there had to be an application of that blood. Do you realize that when that blood was applied to the doorpost uh, uh, and the lintel that they got inside uh, uh, of that house and they shut the door and went in. And he said, don't come out. Now I'm glad tonight that mean you can't get out if we wanted to get out. Uh, listen, the blood has been applied to our heart and to our soul uh, uh, and he sees that. Amen. 
Listen tonight, I, I, when I got saved, that got applied to me, I, and that made me safe. I, and that from the destroyer, what did he say? For the Lord will pass through uh, to smite the Egyptians. Uh, and when he sent the blood upon the linen on two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door. We sing that old song sometimes, don't we? I, I, out of the red back, but when I see the blood, I will pass over you. It starts out with Christ our Redeemer. Died on the cross. Died for the sinners. Paid all their due. All who receive them need never fear. For He will pass. Will pass over you. Ain't that something tonight? Christ our Redeemer. First Peter 1. What were we redeemed with? The blood of the Lamb. How did the children of Israel get out of the land of Egypt? It was not those plagues that brought them up out of the land of Egypt. God was proving who He was. God was proving His power and that to a world system that did not believe in Him. But I'm telling you that night when death came, that changed everything. So they're inside in the doorpost. And the lentil's been covered. Take your Bible and go to the book of Leviticus tonight. Man, time's moving on. I gotta quit. Leviticus 14. He's talking. He, he, he's talking about the cleansing of, of the leper. And I'll try not to read all this because it can get long. But, but look in verse 1. And, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look. Behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him uh, that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in a what? In an earthen vessel over the running water. What was Jesus killed in? In an earthen vessel. Did He come in an earthen vessel? Then he come and take on himself uh, the likeness of You start reading all this stuff, boy, he just begins jumping off the page eventually, friend. He said, For the living bird, he shall take it in the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them uh, and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Boy, I got the blood applied when I got saved. You come on down through here and after they go through all this uh, uh, and, and there's a lot that takes place right here. But pick up with me in verse 14. Uh, he's waited his eight days uh, and all this and the priest in verse 14 uh, shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it in the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall dip his right finger uh, in the oil uh, in his left hand and shall sprinkle uh, of the oil of his finger seven times for the Lord. He's got the oil here, takes his finger over here, uh, sprinkles it seven times. And the rest of the oil that is in the hand of the priest, I put on the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed. What's there already? The blood. The blood's already been applied to the right ear. Remember? And now he's taking oil and putting on that. 
say, why is God doing all that? I don't know. It's what God's choosing. I'll give you something here in just a second, okay? And He puts it on His what? On His right thumb. Is that right? Tip of His right ear, of Him that He's been, and upon the thumb of His right hand, and upon the great toe of His right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. You know that word atonement means uh, 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 really to appease and to reconcile back to. When, when say, to make at one atone, you make at one. That's what Jesus did for us with God. He put us at one. He atoned for us. It was our atonement. So the blood got applied. We got saved. Uh, the uh, oil in the Bible's representation of the Holy Spirit. And friend, when you got saved and the blood applied, then you got the Holy Spirit. That'll excite you tonight. It excites me. I've got somebody that goes with me. He does not bother me until I do wrong. We looked at that this morning. But He helps me. There's a lot in the book of Leviticus chapter 14. It's good to go back and read that sometimes. I want to show you something. The bitterness of the world over here. These Egyptians, man, they got bitter. And Pharaoh rose up, verse 30, back in Exodus 12. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Well, nobody in, in Goshen over there where Israel was, nobody was dead over there. Why? They had the blood applied. You don't ever want to die, have the blood applied. If the blood's applied, you are alive forever. Verse 31. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and your children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone. And I love I've got this underlined in my Bible. I love it. And bless me also. Pharaoh said, get out of here. Go as fast as you can. If you read the next verse, and the Egyptians were urging upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we all be dead men. He said, get out as fast as you can go. Take your flocks, take your children, go. Take everything, and on your way out. Bless me while you're going. I think Pharaoh learns, you, you would have thought he would have learned something. Now he does try to chase them down, but... God gets them through the Red Sea over there and that's the end of that thing. There's a good typology of going through the blood there also. It's called the Red Sea. That wasn't by accident. They get through the Red Sea and get across in chapter 15. They sing Moses' song. Well, they talk about everything that God's done. In chapter 19, they get over to they get over to Mount Sinai. And one of the things God said to Moses, I believe they're now in the third month according to verse 1, so they're three months out. And in verse 3, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I, done, what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. When you got saved, I want you to hear me tonight, God brought you in because there was no way for you to get to Him without His help. You could not get there. And it was by the blood of the Lamb 
that we got there tonight. I'm glad that he got us to him and there's coming a day that he's going to get us there. I'm glad of that. What do you mean? There's coming, there's coming a day we're going to be with him. And boy, I praise him. Let's pray. If you need to come and pray,